back to the inspirational story of Wilson. As we hear from a Ugandan kid, the eldest born of 23 kids who uh, had a father who had four wives and grew up in the regions of Uganda, only to see his parents die of AIDS and become the responsible um, guy that had to care for his family. In the midst of it all, starting as a street kid in Uganda, working his way up a corporate ladder, became a successful banker, and then God challenging him to give up everything. In this second podcast, we're going to just um, hear about how these beginnings uh, can um, go to multiplication of many, many generations of churches as God puts his hand on this young kid and just... Uh, we see an amazing story unfold. I hope you're surely blessed. And some of the big takeaways is that if God can do that with him, surely he can do something with me. And also, you know, as we listen to the story, something of the cost and the abandonment to Jesus' call as uh, he gives himself, but faces uh, great costs of being strangled and beaten hospitalized, traumatized, um, and in the midst of all, he says, it's really very simple. Be blessed as we continue on with the story of Wilson. You know, in the first generation, the people I met are 11. So my core team is about 11 leaders. These are drug dealers and addicts. These are prostitutes. These are refugees, people who are, you know, outcasts. So this, this is my co-team that I would sit with. And people, when people see them, <laughs> these are people who would not go to church in any way. Uh, Muslims and uh, almost uh, 70% of them are Muslims. And, uh, and they, they, they didn't have any capacity to take any country around. But these guys are very dynamic. So when you invest in a few people, God does mighty things. He was able to use ordinary people, people who are not educated, people who are on the street, people we despise, and turn them around to do extraordinary things. Uh, so these guys, you know, go because they, they were connected. They had a network. What I did that I didn't want to impose my own leadership on them. I would not bring someone into a group because they already had a group. For example, I go to, I go to a ghetto and I find a drug cartel, I just tell him, you know what? Instead of you being a drug cartel, I want us to be, you know, Jesus' cartel. We want to form a cartel for Jesus. So they understand that quickly and translate it in their mind, and they are able to, to use their network, existing network. I don't break the existing network, but our prayer is to redeem that network. So Wilson, uh these 11 people, mm-hmm. they come to Jesus. They start yes. following Jesus. Yes. And, uh, uh, and they become Jesus' followers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 So um, now what happened when I met Ghost? Ghost was connected to Hashim, and Hashim was connected to, to Big. And uh, they were sharing. I would share with the uh, Ghost. Ghost would share with Hashim. Hashim would share with Big. And big go to Zaga. So the time 
we were together. We said, oh, let's just come together and have fun. And we ate some food together. All those guys were there. And uh, when we were doing uh, a, a Bible study, we were talking about baptism. Mm. And uh, the first person was called, now, they called him now now. He's called not now now, but because when we were talking about this, we, we asked, what, what do you feel this scripture is talking to you? said, this scripture, I think, is telling me to be baptized now, now. So si- since that time, all over the network is known as now, now. <laughs> so all the other guys, I said, I think we need to be baptized. Yes, yes. So we had to look for water to baptize these guys. So those first 11, I baptized them. But then they have gone ahead to baptize more and more, uh, you know, more disciples. So I look after those first 11. Um, and those first 11 have groups an average of 10 groups each. There are those that, like Ghost has more, uh, but there are those that have less. So an average of 10 uh, church groups each. Uh, who reach out to 27 leaders in the second generation. And the second generation is very, very dynamic as well because these guys are connected to, you know, the second generation in other ghettos. And then the, the, the 27 are connected to 59 in the third generation. These are basically leaders. And each of these leaders has their own groups mm. in the network. And then the 59 uh, have around 104 mm. in the fourth generation. Wow. So it goes like d- that down to the uh, 11 generations. Wow. So we've seen expansion uh, from these guys. I no longer go for baptism. Now it's now these guys who are down on the ground baptizing. We do a lot of baptisms uh, every week. Wow. Uh, an average of uh, maybe 48 people thereabout coming to Jesus and being baptized. And we've seen transformation. The transformation takes a lot, a lot of time. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of frustration. Five steps back, four uh, steps you know, forward. So um, as long as we are moving, that's key. Uh, I look at the guys who are moving forward than the guys who are going backwards. I look at obediences. Are the guys obeying? So I pour my life into those guys. And what I did is to live an open life because I was a banker, but I used all my resources and, and, and there was nothing. There was no support. I just started and we used all the money and it got finished. So what I had to do is to live an open life so that these guys who I was struggling like them so the little thing we get, we share it together. We sit down. Uh, in Uganda, there's what we call, there's Rolex. Rolex are, you know, they, you know chapatis? They do chapatis. But in the chapatis, they put the omelets and they roll it like this. So it's a delicacy in Uganda. They say, oh, Rolex. That's a bit more expensive. But the chapatis can be served with beans. That's cheaper. Every youth can afford that. So we do the chikomando. It's called chikomando. So it, because it's like you're a commander, you just go sit down anywhere, eat it with water, and that's it. So most time we can sit around, you know, down on the ground, and we, we eat that, and we survive. Uh, so I had to change my lifestyle, eat what they're eating, apart from the drugs. So over time, those who did drugs before me, started saying, no, it's not good for us to take drugs when, when it's looking. Mm-hmm. So they started, they started respecting me. They would 
go somewhere maybe to do drugs until it came to a time he said I think we need to leave drugs because it's not good for me I don't go to remove people from drugs I don't go to remove people from prostitution I have never done that what I do is to present Jesus to people because there are many I realize that there are many people who don't do drugs they are not they, they are not you know thieves they are not prostitutes but they don't know Jesus So when I introduce Jesus they realize oh this thing is useless that we are doing drugs become useless so most of my guys left drugs voluntarily out of discovering Jesus and uh, when they turn around and the other guys see you know life is changed if you see a pic- the pictures of Hashim he was very thin most of these guys taking drugs they don't eat they just uh, you know feed on drugs all the time and their bodies are emaciated. So when they leave drugs and over time they, you know they become built. Ashim goes to the gym is he looks very strong now. People look at him and say they just come your life is changed. I want to be like you. So that's where the you know the attraction was because discipleship is not talking. Discipleship is modeling life. Discipleship is living the values so that people read your life. and even before you speak they read your life and say wow so most uh, of the mistakes that we make is we think that discipleship is talking mm-hmm. yeah because jesus said i'm i'm talking about what we saw i mean the disciples said i'm talking about what we saw and what we heard they saw and heard so the hearing must come with actions mm-hmm. so that we are authentic so that we open our lives mm-hmm. and uh, I've had difficulties uh, because you open your life to dangerous guys. Um, um, along the way, because I, I was too excited, the groups were growing, and I, I invited in these guys to my house, and the wrong characters also came. Uh, the thieves, because these are the people we reach. Uh, thieves and robbers who break you know, homes, those who murder people. And uh, the guys you know, came into my house, we served food, not knowing those guys are looking where the locks are mm-hmm. in the night they came for me they you know these cars they had started hitting me we are going to kill you we are going to kill you and they carried everything and blood was oozing my wife was away and you know the kids were in they were traumatized you know they hit me with blunt a blunt object even here it was swollen like that and it was very scary i was very very scared and uh, you would think it's all a, a bed of roses but then same guys you are reaching you know jesus said i'm sending you among wolves wolves don't give you food they attack you so um this happened they attacked me i was in hospital for quite a while very scared all the time i would look anywhere i am uh, even if i'm in my own house i was very very scared Uh, about three months thereafter, I was, had gone in the ghettos because uh, when I went into the ghettos, I would go with Ghost and Ashim uh, and Andeko, and uh, there I was safe. And then I had to go alone because I'd sent Ghost and Ashim up north. There was an influx of, uh, of refugees from Sudan, and we thought we would reach them, and so I, I allowed these leaders to go. And I went into the ghetto, and I was, you know, there a bit late. Uh, the guys got me and strangled me, really strangled me, 
killing me. Uh, they took everything that I had, and I thought, wow, I'm, I'm dying this time because I saw, you know, lights going around like that. And I, I, I thought, I'm going to die. Until, you know, there were motorbikes that came. It was around uh, 8 p.m. in the evening. The flashlights. And those guys, you know, we all fell down because I was a bit tall, but they were strangling, you know, turning the neck. It took a lot of time. I had panic attacks thereafter. I was very scared to go anywhere <laughs> in the ghetto. Yeah, it took, it, it takes, you know, sacrifice. It takes, you know, sacrifice with your family. It takes sacrifice, you know, times away. You have to lose a lot of things. And I, I didn't have an income, you know. The guys at first, you know, they would think, oh, there's an income, but there isn't. So when they read into your life and they see you, ah, there's nothing. Uh, you become authentic to them. They are my best friends now. We hang out together. And uh, I normally tell them, you know, I was a banker in the corporate life, but now my job is to hang out with bad guys. So my job is to just do that, hang out with them. Find me a bad guy, I'll hang out with them. Uh, drug dealers, prostitutes, uh, you know, in the pubs, where I'd never gone and bars, I go there and we take Jesus there. So Wilson, up to speed today, what does it look like? How many groups are there? Uh, tell us, bring us into that, that picture. What is God doing? So what is God doing? Currently, you know, we have uh, over 5,829 groups that have multiplied. 5,829 groups. Yeah. Wow. Up to, you know, 11 generations. Yeah. We want to do an audit and, you know, because our movement is very messy. Um, at this point, I cannot stop it even if I wanted to. Mm. It's, beyond, it's beyond me because it has gone generations down. Um, so what we've done is to raise leaders along that to make sure that these, you know, these church groups stand. We have lots of baptisms uh, running on daily. It's not only me who baptizes. I've got teams of, you know, in, in these generations that manage uh, these groups. Uh, we've, we have a stream of, uh, you know, an, a stream of, in the movement. It's not only one movement, but in the ghetto we have that stream. We have a stream uh, along the prostitutes. It's another, you know, movement. We have a stream among the Nubians. The Nubians come from Nuba Mountains, and they settled down uh, in Uganda. So we've reached out to those um, because a movement makes a movement. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, a young girl that came here. Uh, I came with her here last year uh, called Alice. And uh, we had, you know, there's a people group that is enriched that were walking naked uh, in the jungles. And uh, when we prayed... She said, I want to go to these people. God is sending me to these people. And I said, wow, you are just a girl. How can you go to naked, <laughs> naked, naked people, men who are naked? But she was determined. Um, so we mobilized, we prayed, and uh, she went. Uh, it's up north. You go on into uh, Sudan, uh, South Sudan. So she would go up to where the bus stops. Then she takes a motorbike ride. Then you, you start walking over mountains wow. until the jungle where the people are, you know, are nomads that, you know, they're just thrown away and no one was going to them. So um, she decided to touch base. She got someone who was, uh, who was, you know, moving that direction and she had to walk. And then uh, she 
made contact with the chief. Mm. And the chief was very happy. And then she told the chief, you know, the chief called the elders and told the chief, you know, what she wanted, you know, what the Lord is telling her to do. And they told her, you are welcome to live amongst us. They built for her heart, uh, you know, those who don't know heart, a heart is a, a grass-thatched, you know, a little house with, made of mud, uh, you know, just like that. So they made for her that heart, and they told her, you are welcome to live amongst us. What you do, bring for me a jacket and a briefcase when you are coming back. So we had to mobilize for a jacket and a briefcase, and Alice went to live amongst the meanings. So as we talk, there are about three generations of you know, groups that have wow. started among the meanings. Mm. This, totally, this was totally unreached. And as a result of that, it has been removed from the unreached uh, people group. Uh, at the moment, we're seeing us moving, mobilizing global south workers to go up north. Because of unemployment, we are seeing uh, many young girls going into the Middle East to work as domestic maids. So I started getting in touch with, you know, the organizations that are taking those girls, then engaging those girls. And they have started, you know, groups in the Middle East where I've never been. So what we're doing now is to be deliberate. Uh, we're working with Stan and some, some guys to make sure we make it formal, that there's an organization that receives them, receives them that side. Then they go into Muslim homes, mm. in homes of sheikhs, uh, to start talking about Jesus. And uh, this is very, very profound for us in the time because we are seeing people going into the Middle East now to start talking about Jesus, where I would never go. Uh, there is a guy who came here called Johnson, one of my 11. He's, he's gone to um, Thailand. And um, in Thailand, he started engaging, uh, you know, the people groups there. And he's currently there. He's learning the language, the culture, and He's starting, you know, to talk about Jesus. We sing um, what God is telling us, that God is mobilizing Africa to be an example to the Western world because they brought for us the gospel and we got it wholeheartedly and he helped us so much. But we want to mobilize the Global South workers to go back north, to testify that, you know, this is what the Lord is doing amongst us. The gospel you brought to us is working amongst us. It has transformed our lives and it's making movements among, you know, among different people groups. And so uh, we're organizing uh, a journey to go to, to Germany uh, in July and these, uh, these uh, you know, former drug addicts and dealers and prostitutes are the ones that are flying, which is something hard. Sometimes I, I want to cry. I'm emotional when I see these guys, you know, just yes. stepping on the plane. It's it become, I know where I got them. Very rough, very tough. They were, everyone had given up on them. Yes. But when you see that they are even reaching the international scene, talking about Jesus, it's very, very profound what Jesus can do. So that's what we're mobilizing to do. We are mobilizing the workers at different levels to go where we can't even go. Uh, to work as the most domestic workers, but to start praying in Muslim homes and then to start engaging, mostly the women. Uh, we have about 17 groups that are currently uh, go going. Uh, to give an example, there was a lady called McLean. She went and 
had prepared her because we use signal uh, because of security. And uh, when she reached there, it took time. Six months, there was nothing. We fasted, we prayed, there was nothing. But within that home, there was a demon-possessed girl, the girl of the home. Mm. She had been taken everywhere and nothing was working. And they would just lock her up in one room and then she would scream. All the time she's screaming, screaming, screaming. So what they would give her maybe a sleeping uh, a drug so that she sleeps off. But when she wakes up, she starts screaming. And on Jumas, those are Fridays, the family of this lady would come to visit. Uh, after the prayers, they come around and eat. And then the lady, you know, the young girl is screaming. So this lady raised courage and asked the owner, the mother of the, the girl, can I go and pray for her? She said, no, you cannot do anything. She said, let, let me try. So she went in, they opened for her, she went in the room and started praying for this young girl. So, all of a sudden, the demons screamed and left wow. the, the girl. And this is a purely Muslim home. That was touching and mind-changing, mind-blowing. You know, uh, and visitors had come. So everyone was shocked. And the girl was well. They thought it would, it would maybe come back. Never. So that group started as a result of that. They, they were asking, what did you do? What did you use? Do you have magic? So she started talking, you know, about Jesus. That's how that DBS group started. And then these ladies who would come, the sisters who would come this, uh, to come to visit this, this, this home, they went back and then they told, you know, the story. And they also started uh, this, uh, this other group. So we have about 17 groups that are going as a result of this. And it's still slow. It's starting but something that we can explore to see what God can do in the times. So out of a, a move of God in, in, the, in the ghettos or the slums of Uganda, mm-hmm. out of the, the, the refuse of the world, the drug addicts and prostitutes, mm-hmm. not only are you seeing movement happen, but you're multiplying movements. Yes. And you're seeing uh, movements happening in different streams, but also now you're becoming a ascending nation. Yes. And you said your heart is for the West. Yeah. And um, that's just amazing, Um, a fabulous story. And how moving that is that these these guys and girls from the slums Mm. would be now be missionaries to the world. Amazing. What are the principles that you think we in the West need to pick up on for disciple-making movements? What are the things that you think we need to understand as, as we're looking at our own mission field? The things of Jesus are so easy. So whatever we do must be reproducible. We want to make complex strategies like we're in the corporate world, but this is so simple that anyone can do it. So whatever we do, make it reproducible. That any person can do it from anywhere. I don't need a building to do church. I don't need a lot of money to do church. I can sit under a tree, and, and, and as long as we are talking about Jesus and his lordship is there, it's for us as a church. Jada uh, thinks that you must learn to be patient. Slow, go slow to go fast. If you are so fast in the beginning, because I know the Western world wants to be quick. Results they want results. Yeah. 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 But we must be slow. We must give people time. Um, we must interact as much as possible. That's the base of a movement. When you want to go fast in the beginning, 
then you lose it in the end. Uh, it will crumble down. So being slow is very, very important. The other thing that is very crucial is the personal peace. Mm. Um, the personal peace must be identified. Without identifying the personal peace, it's not good to go. It's good to see the personal peace. And within you, you say, okay, this is the personal peace. How do you know a okay. personal peace? Yeah, a personal peace is open. They open homes. You know, in the, in the Western world, they say, oh, homes are closed, people are busy. But a personal peace will create time. Uh, a personal peace will be open-hearted to you. Um, he can be having questions, he can be rough, but within you, if this is God who has sent you, the personal peace will create space. They'll give you a chair to sit on, they'll give you time, they'll open up their network for you because a personal peace can't come alone. Mm. He has people who believe in him, people who you know understand him, his networks. Yeah. I can, the example of Ghost. Ghost had many people that you know, understood him. If God told someone, sit down and listen, that person would sit down. But even if I came with all my power and ties, everybody sit down, no one would understand me. So it's good to listen to God. We do a lot of praying because in Africa we don't have resources. I don't have money anymore. I struggle a lot. Many times I'm crying and there's luck. But Depending on Jesus at all times is very important. Mm. And so prayer is key in movements. Without prayer, we are losing it. And what do we pray about? There are many prayer movements that are going on, but it's key to pray about the work of God because he says, as you go, pray. Realize that the same people who prayed are the same people who went. There is no, it wasn't a separate group of prayer people staying in the closet and praying forever. The same people are the people God showed, yeah, the people to go. As you go, pray. So you must be prepared to go. You must be prepared to go if you are praying because God is going to speak to you. The workers are few, and we keep the few people that we have in the closet praying. So we need to pray as we go. That's very, very key in the times, even the prayer movements, that they must know that it's God who is speaking to them. He's not speaking to anyone who is not praying. And then the other thing that were very, very critical uh, is uh, the point at which uh, to know where God is sending you. You must know your field very well. Uh, you must speak people's language. Uh, for example, in the ghetto, we, you know, we, do like, we greet like that. I, can't, I could not bring church language to those guys. They would, they would reject me firsthand. Mm. So you must know the people God is sending you to and speak the language that they speak. Uh, we take church language to people who don't know it or who hate it. So it's good that we know the language uh, in which God is sending, sending us so that we speak. The languages are no longer the linguistic things, but you know the way they act, the way they behave. It's the, way the culture. You, yeah, culture. Yeah. Mm. And God is creating new cultures. Like The ghettos are not you know, formerly the original cultures. But as young men come together, they form a new culture. And these are many that are growing. The other thing that is critical about cities, the world is becoming cities. And so we must focus a lot on cities. The earlier missionaries came into rural areas and, you know, they, they, that's where they operated. But now cities carry a lot of these people from the rural areas. They are all represented there. So we must focus on cities. Cities don't have time. 
Cities don't have space. Cities are expensive. So we must be quick to pass on the values that we have so that we don't put uh, the cultures, the church cultures, and say it's only the pastor who is supposed to baptize. Because if you say that, you'll not get time with these guys. But if you pass on the burden and say, go and make uh, disciples, baptize them. Anyone can baptize. Mm. Because that's what the Bible says. Mm. Anyone can baptize. So we, we pass over these values as quickly as possible so that when that virus goes, uh, it's, it's transferable to other people. But when we hold it to ourselves, then it becomes hard. Uh, it's no longer me in control. Uh, it has gone all over. And even if I wanted to stop it, I cannot anymore. So we need to release what God wants to do. We should not control with, you know, our organizational boundaries, but we should let God be in control. Wow. Well, it's absolute inspiration. And as we sit here and hear, uh, hunger rises in our hearts and we say, yes, Lord, let it be. And let it be in the darkest of places, in, uh, in, in our cultures and places. Let it be viral and spread. Uh, there are some really wonderful principles you've just shared with us. I just wonder, as we finish today, Wilson, could you bring us a word of encouragement of what uh, God would want to say to us? Yeah. For me, I see the future as being movements. Um, without movements the world is going to be lost because the church cannot grow at rate at which, you know, the population is growing. And the only way for us to reach those that are lost is to accept movements to flow and flourish from within our organizations. We need to network a lot because one person cannot, you know, finish the work. That's why we are all here. Uh, One person cannot, however good you are, however much money you have, you cannot finish the task. And Jesus is looking for every nation, every tribe, every people to be represented in heaven. There are many Christians that are, you know, are, are there. But what is remaining is representation. Because there are particular tribes, there are particular people that are not yet on the throne of God. So for us to be able to reach the throne, take the people to the throne of God, we need to let go through DMM, through movements. God's movements are very, very effective. They are very, very easy to do. They are very, very reproducible. And that's what we've been able to do. So let's allow them in. Let's open our churches, our buildings, for these to flourish through us. And, uh, you know, like in Africa, we don't have resources. But we are ready to go. So that's why we want to partner with the, you know, the West. The West has skills. They, they, are, they know the multicultural, you know, uh, ways of doing things. So they could train us because we are ready to go. So those partnerships are very important with the West. So that because one person now cannot do it. We need partnerships. We need all of us to be able to fulfill the Great Commission.